Hello and welcome to the Life Church Audio Podcast. We hope that you find these messages encouraging, life-giving, and ultimately get you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Glad about that. So, if you are new to the church, I want to welcome you also. I'm so glad that you decided to be here today. I know you could be anywhere. Uh, you could watch any sermon anywhere online, um, but you chose to be here, and I feel that God has got a divine appointment with all of us um, today, those of you that are here and those of you that are watching online. We are in our series called I'm Accountable, um, and uh, for me, it's been, uh, I know last two weeks we, we didn't gather, and I said to Remy, man, I want to preach those messages again live in person because it just feels like, uh, like we have to get that into our heart. So, so I'm going to do that sometime. I don't know when. I'm not going to tell you. So if, if you think, oh, I've heard that before, it could be. But we're in our series called I'm Accountable. Um, and, and we've looked at what can I do to make this year different than other years? And in week one, we said one of the main things which we have to do is you've got to watch the man. You've got to guard the man, the woman, the person that you are. You've got to watch yourself. You must make sure that you either set up some systems or guardrails or, or something that you set up in your life that helps you to be accountable for the, for the direction where you know you should go. Uh, none of us, not, there's not one person here that can live without the help of others around him. We need people around us. We need a community. And we need systems to help us to achieve everything that we're supposed to achieve. And I hope that you've taken that message. And I hope that you're starting to apply it. Uh, in week two, we said that God wants us to plan. Now, I don't know how many of you are planners. We serve a planning God. Our God is a planner. And I hope that you are making plans for your life. But what we discovered in, in that teaching is, is that God wants to be part of your plan and that we should not love our plan more than we love God. We should be willing. We should say the words, if it is your will, if the Lord wills. God, here's my plan. This is what I'm planning. I'm submitting it to you. You come into my plan. You be part of my plan about where I want to go, the plans that, that I'm making. And Father, if you change anything in it, I love you more than I love my plan, and I follow your directing more because he's the only one that knows tomorrow. So, so we have to trust him. Now, none of us, the series is called I'm Accountable. In week three, we looked at I'm accountable for the miracles in my life. I'm accountable for the miracles that are supposed to happen in my life. And we spoke last week specifically about the fact that God has a revealed will and God has a secret will. His revealed will is what his revealed will is what we find in the Bible. It's his revealed will. He shows us his plans. He shows us how our conduct should be. It's revealed to us. But his secret will is something that we will only discover when we respond to his revealed will in faith. When I start applying his revealed will to my life, God's secret will, why do those words struggle to come out together? Well, God's secret will will be revealed. And it's in His secret will that miracles happen. It's outside of our understanding. It's supernatural. Now, accountability. None of us, 
have a problem with being accountable when something is a great success, right? None of us have a problem to say, yeah, that I, I was part of that success. We don't have a problem with that. But I'm accountable, and you know this. All of us know this. A big part of accountability should happen when we fail. But unfortunately, we make excuses for why we have failed. Which is actually the opposite of accountability. Now, an excuse from a distance, I want to read this specifically because this is important to understand. An excuse from a distance can seem like an actual obstacle that keeps us from doing things and that causes us to lose out on all kinds of opportunities and directions that we should go. I want to say this again. Excuses. From a distance, it looks like an obstacle. An obstacle that keeps us from opportunities and where we're supposed to go. And excuses, they become an easy way out for why I am not accountable for what is happening in my life. Now, why talk about this? Why talk about excuses today? Um, here's the reason. Uh, have you heard this before? God loves you just the way you are. You ever heard that? God loves you just the way you are. Yeah. Yes, God loves you just the way you are. But I do think there's a second part which we should add to this. Is God loves you just the way you are, but God loves you too much just to leave you the way you are. God, like a good parent, He's willing to hurt your feelings. I don't know, we don't like our feelings hurt. But He's willing to hurt your feelings because He loves you. His goal is not to hurt you. But it is to get you to move from, from the way you are so that you can become everything you should be, everything you could be, everything He's created you to be. The potential that's inside of you. So this morning might be a little bit of a feeling hurt kind of morning. My intention is not to hurt anybody. But it is because I know that there is so much potential right here gathered today. And God wants that to become truth in our lives. So this is a good thing. So let's go back to excuses. Now, now don't get me wrong. I do think many times um, there are legitimate reasons why we didn't succeed. And many times those reasons, sometimes it's out of our hands. It's out of our control. It's not something that we did. It's, it's an outcome thing that happened. We've got nothing to do. And there are times that there are legitimate reasons. But there is a very fine line between an excuse and a reason. The one can easily disguise himself as the other. And the problem is that over time, our conversations with ourselves and our response to people about why things have happened, they become our truth. And our excuses form our future. And all of us, we have a list of reasons. You have a list of reasons, excuses. We lean on, we hide behind. Um, we, we kind of form our whole world around these excuses. Uh, and I'm going to give you a, a 
quick list of excuses that I think that you might have. Here's a few questions that will help you also to discover if you are leaning on excuses. Because I think some of you are going, well, I don't really have excuses. Here's a quick list to discover if you are leaning on excuses. Especially for those of you listening online also, please um, try and answer these questions. Now, 2020 and 2021 has given us a unique opportunity to add to our excuse list. Unique. Why don't you exercise? So is the question. Well, because Bonnie Henry closed the gyms. COVID, right? I can't. Okay. Um, why don't you eat better? Well, because Bonnie Henry closed the gyms. <laughs> and I was planning my eating plan to be combined with the gyms. Uh, those two things goes together. So it's, it's really her fault. Um, why haven't you gone back to church yet? Well, because Bonnie Henry... Close the gyms, which means I'm still unhealthy. I don't want to be around people. COVID, people are singing um, in church. We can't gather because people are singing. And that's an excuse. Why don't you start visiting your in-laws again? Because I don't like them. <laughs> and COVID, um, because <laughs> they might be vulnerable, right? So we, we don't want to risk, risk. Maybe we want to risk that, but we don't want to risk that. Um, why don't you stay longer at the people's house you don't like that much? Well, because Bonnie Henry said we should only be together for 15 minutes because of COVID. Why are you not at work? Well, because COVID, right? Meanwhile, I'm skiing. Now, I know it might seem like I'm making fun of, you know, something that is serious. And I know this, there's been some serious effects because of COVID and people have passed away. I'm not making light of this at all. For many, unfortunately, COVID has become an excuse to stop living life. It's unfortunate. You stop being around people who you're supposed to influence. You stop going to church where you're supposed to be encouraged and uplifted and strengthened. Here's some other questions that I want you to answer. Now, these ones are not COVID-related at all, but they are serious questions that you should, I think many of us have excuses for. Um, uh, why don't you forgive them or her or him? Well, he hasn't apologized yet. <laughs> Your excuse. Why are you so angry all the time? Well, it's, you know, it's just that's how my dad was, an excuse. Why are you drinking so much? Well, it's a family thing. Maybe we can add that one to COVID also. I'm at home, right? Why do you treat people so bad? Well, because they treat me so bad. Why are you gambling your life away? See, there's so many questions and whatever, whenever these questions come up, we never say, well, I don't know. Because we're rational people. We have to have a reason, and our reasons always begin with because. We all have a massive list of becauses, which are actually excuses in our lives. And the truth is, our excuses aren't always the reason. There's a different reason, and there's a difference, I want to say this again, between an excuse and an actual reason. Now, we do a lot of counseling, and we see people trying to um, dress up 
an excuse as a reason. Now, I don't always say this bluntly, but I think this many times, that you're just making stuff up. But because my goal is to help people get free, I do often say, you're actually just making up excuses. You're making up excuses why you don't want to continue in this relationship. You are making up stuff for the purpose, and you're calling them reasons, but they are not. These are all obstacles that to us seem like it's impossible for us to get beyond them because of the excuses we are making. But these are all obstacles that are excuses and they are not reasons. And we hide behind them. Now, as I said in week one, you are your worst enemy. No, there's no other, wor- there's no other enemy out there. You are your worst enemy. And that's why you have to watch and you have to guard that you are who Christ says you're supposed to be. In the way you speak to people, when you disagree with them, in the way you speak to people when you agree with them, and the way you, you, your conduct is outside, we have to make sure that we guard who we are in Christ in everything that we do. So part of being accountable means telling the truth to yourself about yourself and about why you are not moving forward. Why are you actually, you're going backwards. Why you are not seeing miracles in your life. Why you're not walking in freedom. Why you are not growing. Why is your relationship with God not so, I want to say so tender in a good way. So close, so personal. Why is that? And every single one of us, when I ask you that question, you will give me a really good excuse. Now, let me ask you this question. Is it possible that some of your well-rehearsed reasons that you have for where you are right now, for what you are going through right now, Could it be that some of them are just excuses? Excuses constructed of things that people told you. Somebody told you this. Excuses constructed of things that people might have called you. Things that people labeled you with. Maybe an excuse of something that happened to you in the past way back but you're still holding on to it, calling it a reason for why you're still stuck today. Is it possible that you've actually invented reasons to defend certain behaviors, certain reactions, certain overreactions? Is it possible? Now, you are the only one that can respond honestly to it. Why do you always respond that way? Well, because, 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 because. Could it be possible that you've created excuses and that's why you're stuck? And the reason why you should answer this question, and the reason why I should answer this, every single one of us, why we should answer this is because we need to know. You need to know if it's real or not. 
You need to know the difference between real and fake. Is this really so powerful that it can hold me back for the rest of my life? Or is it fake? And this is, a, for me, a, a statement that I want to make that is powerful. People who make excuses rarely make a difference. If you're an excuse maker, you're not a difference maker. And we've been called to make a difference in people's lives. You don't want to be at the end of your life and, and have missed an opportunity to make a difference because you cowered behind something you manufactured and you, can, you considered as an actual obstacle, and it wasn't. It's not. There's nothing too great for our God. And I know this is harsh to say, but the root, at the root of an excuse is selfishness and fear. So this is important. Because there's a relationship between our ability to follow Jesus and our willingness to acknowledge our excuses. There's a relationship between the two. Because over time, our excuses become our boss. And we no longer follow Jesus because we're constantly submitting to our excuses. And this causes you to be accountable, but you're not accountable to God. You're accountable to your excuses. So, so God is our heavenly Father. So it doesn't make sense that our heavenly Father would sit back and just watch us live a life of excuses. And that's why I felt this accountability series is so important for us to make the change in our lives. So you're accountable for your excuses. He would say to us, God would say to us like we would say to our kids, hey, stop making them. Not because I'm angry with you. Stop making excuses because I know what you have the potential to do. And I know what you can accomplish. This is God saying to you, I know what potential is inside of you. I know what you can do. I know where you can go. I know what I've put in you when I, I wove you together in your mother's womb. I know your tomorrow. So Jesus called people out. He called people out in this regard um, quite a lot. There, there's a lot of passages about Jesus calling people out regarding their excuses. Um, and he rarely calls them out gently. Um, I like uh, Andy Stanley. He has this phrase that he sometimes uses. He says, sometimes Christ's behavior was very unchristlike. <laughs> it's like <laughs> we, we wouldn't think that he would have done that. But, but his behavior, because it was done in love, there was a reason for it. So one day, Jesus is going along, and this is in um, Luke chapter 9. He's going along, and he actually invites a man to be his follower. Now, when we read this, we think, oh, yeah, follower of Jesus. How many of you here are followers of Jesus? Yeah, right? We think follower. But this, this is a little bit different. This is in the first century. 
This is the actual Jesus asking an actual man to follow him. So when we say, follow me, he didn't mean uh, commit your life to me and come to church when it's convenient. This wasn't like, this wasn't Jesus' following uh, request. He meant, when I leave this town, you're going to leave this town with me. He meant, when I pack up and go, you're going to pack up your stuff and you are going to physically follow me. So he's inviting a man to become a follower, part of his core group, the close ones to him. And this is the guy's reply. So in Luke 9, 59 said, he said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. It's a good reply. He replied, I would love to. Jesus, it's a great idea. I'm going to follow you. It's going to be amazing. Lord, I'm going to follow you. But Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Which to us, that sounds like a reasonable reason. Right? It sounds reasonable. Actually, I insist. I insist you go bury your father first. This is what we think. So he died. So today's Tuesday. Funeral's probably... Thursday, maybe Saturday, if it's on Monday. Take all the time you need. If the funeral's on Monday, you know, come back then. But this was not the case. For this situation, in this culture, during this time, if somebody died, they buried them the same day. So when we read this, we must have the right context of what he's trying to communicate to us. This gentleman's father, he has not passed away yet. He's not dead. In other words, he's not on the dining room table being spiced up and wrapped up to be buried. He's alive. And this, yeah, he's not dead on the table while this guy is wandering around following Jesus. If this guy, if you listen to this community and to what's going on in the situation, Jesus calls him out. And we'll, we'll see his response. But this guy's dad, he's still alive. So he's literally saying to Jesus, Jesus, you know what? My dad's still alive. Might take a year. Not exactly sure how long it's going to be. But when my dad pass away, could be a year, could be five years. You know what I'm going to do? I'll catch up with you. Wherever you are, when, when he passes away, I'm going to be there. And Jesus sees through this excuse. Because clearly this man feared something. There was something that kept him from following Jesus. Um, Some scholars say maybe he feared losing his inheritance. No, I'll follow Jesus. You know, once I've got the inheritance, then I'm kind of set up. Um, My dad won't be angry at me anymore. And fear has caused many people to lose out on life. There are many people living in fear today, and they are losing out on life. And one of the biggest excuses that has actually caused people to lose out on life happened in the last two years. Listen, you are accountable for your fears. Nobody else. So we don't know exactly what this guy's reasons were, but what Jesus is saying is the following. He said, hey, I'm asking you to follow me now. I'm not saying... To you, don't, don't go home when your dad passed away. 
I'm not saying to you, abandon your family or be irresponsible. I'm asking you something now. God's asking us something now. And you're using your father as an excuse. And the thing is, when we use excuses, opportunities pass us by. Do you remember Jesus' response? How many of you know nobody's response? His response was, was again, so unchristlike. <laughs> he says, very sensitive, let the dead bury their own dead. I mean, that's pretty harsh. Let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. It's like he just calls this guy out right in front of everybody. And he's saying, you're making excuses. I'm inviting you to something big. Something bigger than what you are currently in. And you are making excuses. Your fear is robbing you of something on the other side of that excuse. There's something greater. And you are going to look back and you are going to regret making this excuse for the rest of your life. Are there things that you are making excuses about and they've become obstacles and there's something on the other side of that excuse that God wants you to experience? So just like, yeah, I'm going to be harsh. I'm going to call you out because I don't want you to miss out. How many of you can name the disciples, the 12 disciples? You know most of them, right? So, so let's quickly name them. Or everybody together, I know you've got them memorized. So Peter, Andrew, right? James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, very good. Thomas, you guys are doing great. Matthew, really good. James, No, not Mark. Very close, though. Uh, Thaddeus, very good. Um, Simon, and then Judas, very good. Yes, you got all of them. That was very good. Remember all the disciples' names. I know if you have to sit down, you'll probably be able to do it. But here's the thing. Do you know what this guy's name was? No. No one does. And that's the point. We don't know his name. So here's the question I find myself wrestling with. And, I, and this last two, three months, wrestling with this, like constantly in my mind, in my thoughts, in my heart, in my prayers, in my reading, in my studying. And I'm wrestling with it. And I figured, why should I wrestle with this alone? So I'm going to give it to you also, so you can also wrestle with it. So, so here's the question. How do you think Jesus would respond to your reasons or your excuses about where you are? What do you think would his response be to you? When you think about your go-to reasons, the ones that you hide behind about where you are and what you're doing and the wrong things that you are participating in, but not just that, the life decisions that you are making, the direction that you are heading, your conduct with people, the way you treat your wife, the way you treat your children, your love for others, the way you serve in church, your reasons for not following His revealed will. And I love, man, I, I just... Last week was really good because it spoke to me like God has got a revealed will 
How do you respond to his revealed will? <laughs> and when I think about it, that's probably the place where we make more excuses than anywhere else is in regards to God's revealed will. Where we've become so intelligent, so logical, so uh, Google searched that God's revealed will is no longer our guidelines for our lives. God's revealed will. You know, there is, there's not an area in life that you can mention where God has not revealed His will in it. So, so give me your excuses. Please give, give me your excuses for not tithing. This is not a tithing Sunday. Just, just saying, please, please give me your excuse. Give me your excuse, because I know when I say what happens for every single one of us, when every one of these topics that I'm going to mention, you're going to have your go-to answers, your go-to reasons. I'm going to have them quickly. I'm going to have them all lined up. What's your reason for not forgiving somebody else? Did you ask Jesus into your life before he died for you, or did he die for you first? What, is it, what are your reasons for, for not being generous, for not being kind, for not serving? What, what's your go-to excuse? How would Jesus respond to your excuse? It's the question that, now this is not a guilt trip message at all. This is supposed to be a freeing message because God's guidelines and instructions lead towards life. It is not binding. It doesn't chain us up. It frees us up. But we have to apply His revealed will to see His secret will. And as long as you are stuck in your own mind and your own logic and you don't apply His revealed will, you will not see His secret will. How does a good God... And how does a good Savior respond to your reasons, your excuses, your opinions? And, and I want to say again, especially as it, as it relates to His revealed will. Jesus may actually tell you a parable. This is what I think He would do. Jesus will, will come to you and He's going to tell us a parable. Now, now the, the thing about a parable, very important. A parable is a made-up story. Okay. This is a made-up story, but it is made up with the purpose to teach us a truth. It's not a made-up story about a girl had hair that was so long that you could climb down the chimney. At, <laughs> climb down a wall, whatever it is. But it's not a made-up story like that. These are made-up stories that Jesus used to proclaim truth to us, that we can learn from it. So the story is the following. There was a very wealthy man, um, and he was going to go on a long trip, and he called in three of his servants. And he said to his servants, while I'm gone, I'm going to give each one of you a measure of my money. It's not your money, my money, to invest for my benefit. And then when I get back, I'm going to let you come in and tell me what you did with my money while I was gone. And he gave each one of the three, of the three servants, different amounts different amounts, each based on their ability. It wasn't an unreasonable request based on what's inside of them. 
And then he leaves town and he's gone for a long time. And eventually he comes back and he asks the three servants, come in, come and report to me about what you've done with the money that I left you. Well, the first two servants came back and they were super excited because they produced well. They came back and, and they invested it well. In fact, the first two servants actually doubled the master's money. They, he got double back what he gave them. And when the master hears this, of course, he's delighted. And he says to them, well done, good and faithful servants. You have been faithful with a few things. You did exactly what I asked you to do. You've been faithful with a few things. I'm going to put you in charge of many things. To which they must have thought to themselves, well, I don't feel like the amount of money you gave us was just a few things. And he was like, listen, you have no idea. You have no idea. We are just getting started. Because you applied my revealed will, now you are going to see my secret will manifested. And come, he says, he continues on, come and share in my happiness and come and share in your master's happiness. And then the third servant, who had been given the least amount to invest, which means he had the least amount to lose. He comes and he gives not such a stellar report. And do you know what he brings with him for his report? A flow chart, little miniature things that he can show exactly what happened. No, brought excuses. He brought excuses with him too. When, he, when he's asked about what did, what did you do with what I gave you, he came back with excuses. And some of the excuses might be, well, you know, um, and I know this is what many people think. If you gave me as much as you gave the others, this is what we're thinking today. If I have as much money as that guy has, do you know how generous I would be? That's, how, that's the excuse we got you. Do you know when I will start giving? When I live like that, man, you will see how generous I will be. You will not believe it. You didn't give me the same amount. But that wasn't his, his excuse. He said, Master, the servant said, before I tell you what happened to your money, here are a couple of introductory statements which are very important for this situation. I knew that you are a hard man. You harvest where you have not sown. That means that you take advantage not only of your own investments, but you actually gain profit of other people's investments also. It's not a bad thing, it's a good thing. The implication is this, master, before I tell you what I did with the money that you gave me, you need to know this is not my fault. In fact, it's your fault. If you weren't the way you are, I would not have done this. I would not have done what I did. I mean, the whole thing was completely out of my control. It's because you're such a hard man. Excuses. Back to what he actually said. Master, the servant said, I knew that you're a hard man investing where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So, and here's the key for many of us, for our excuses, I was afraid. I'm afraid. And there it is. 
at the root of about every single excuse you have in your life that you've made an obstacle, at the root of it, fear. The fear of embarrassment, the fear of failure. In some cases, the fear of success, fear of change, the fear of loss, the fear of losing, the fear of the unknown. What if I follow him? I don't, he hasn't given me all the steps yet. What if I actually start applying his revealed will to my life? The fear of being wrong. That is a very relevant one today especially during this time that we're living in. I've never seen people so separated and both convinced that they write, as we see right now. The fear of being wrong. The f- and, and you know what happens is it becomes an obstacle. Fear. And it's keeping so many people chained down, strapped to the ground, It's causing you not to have relationship with friends, with family members. Families are divided right now because of fear and the fear of forgiveness, the fear of humility. Scared that if I'm going to humble myself and say, you know what, this issue that we've made an issue, I want you to know this is not an issue. If I acknowledge that I'm making excuses and not not really a reason, I'm acknowledging something about myself. And sometimes the most terrifying experience of a person's life is acknowledging something about yourself that you've never been willing to acknowledge before. And I know it's scary. He said, Master, this guy said, I'm afraid. You know what's so interesting to me about this is none of us think that we're afraid. None of us think that our excuses is out of fear. But I want you to know, I want to say there's not a person in here that has an excuse Somewhere for something that you're going through, for what you are doing, for asking for forgiveness, for humbling yourself, for loving your wife, for loving your children, for, for breaking a habit, for uh, breaking certain routines, for acknowledging other people who they are. Majority, it's because of fear that we are not doing it. And this fear, it actually fuels our excuses. Jesus gave this instruction a lot, fear not, fear not. So, master replies, student said, I was afraid. Um, The servant said, I was afraid. Master replies, he says, oh, I understand. No worries. You know what? I totally get it. Here's a Starbucks card. You know, go and relax, have a coffee, taps him on the back, gives him a participation ribbon. So glad you were part of the program, right? There were three of you. You finished it, right? No, that's not what he does. You buckled in. (laughs) Because this is his response. You wicked and lazy servant. I mean, Jesus wasn't messing around. You wicked 
and lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I've not sown. So since you knew that, why didn't you put my money as a deposit with the bankers? At least so then when I returned, I would have at least have received it back with interest. In other words, there is no excuse for this. You allowed your fear to blind you to opportunity. You allowed your fear to create such an obstacle. Your fear, it blinded you to the, the I want to say the most simplest and obvious solution. See, and this is what fear and excuses will do. Fear and excuses present themselves as obstacles that even the most simplest solution for his problem, which was in, invest my money with the banker. You know how simple that is? There's no risk. There's, there's no work that he has to do. The money just goes in the bank, but he was blinded to not even see that. Fear and excuses blind you from not even seeing the simple solutions for your difficulties and your circumstances that you are going through right now. They become obstacles that you, it's almost like you're blind. Sometimes I sit and I counsel people and they come with this thing and I'm thinking to myself, yes, there's like 104 different ways to solve this and they can't see any. So, so now it gets better. As, the, as it goes on. So, so then the master calls his bodyguard and he says to him, Throw, <laughs> throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be a weeping and gnashing of teeth. Very gentle, Christ-like Jesus. <laughs> right? So throw him outside. And Jesus' point is very clear. That people who make excuses go to hell. No, it's not. <laughs> Everyone like, what? That's not, the, that's not what he's saying. But this is very intense. Like, you have to agree. This is intense, what he's saying. Throw them outside where there will be a weeping and a gnashing of teeth. This is intense, Jesus. And Jesus is meaning to be intense. It's extreme because he's making an extreme point. And I want you to get this extreme point today. Behind all of this intensenessness is his love. It's his love for the world. It's his love for people. It's his love for you. Je Jesus did not say throw him into hell. But, but let me explain to you what this actually means. Years ago when Bitcoin started, how many of you considered buying Bitcoin when it just entered into trade. How many of you didn't? That's what he means. That's what he means. If that's you, you understand what Jesus is getting at. What he means with the weeping and gnashing of teeth is not an indication of pain and suffering. Weeping and gnashing of teeth is an ind indication of intense frustration Intense disappointment and intense regret. You're telling me I could have moved through this? You're telling me my relationships could be different? 
You're telling me I can see God's secret will in my life? You're telling me that I, my name could have been known? I could have been one of your followers? You, you're telling me that there was an opportunity for my life and I missed it? You're telling me that there's something I could have accomplished, something I could have done for this world, for my family, for my health, and I didn't do it? I could have seen the secret will of God in my life and now the opportunity has come and it's gone and it's that, oh, frustration. And I realized it's my fault. See, we blame and we blame and we blame and we blame and we point fingers. And I hope you realize today, you could have done something about it. Whatever excuses you are making right now in your life, there's something that you can do about it. Going back to the parable and what happens, you recognize, he recognizes that he's been left out. And this is Jesus' point, that you've been left outside of sin. What did he say to the first one? Come and share in my happiness. He said, you've been faithful with little. You're going to receive way more. Come and share in my happiness. Put him outside where he can now view those who are living in God's secret will and God's happiness in more than what they've had before. And here's the thing, my inability or my unwillingness to acknowledge that these, these things that I'm calling reasons aren't reasons at all, but they're actually just excuses. They are the things that's holding me back. And if we're not careful, we can excuse our life away. We can excuse our marriage away. We can excuse our family away. You can excuse your relationship with your children away. You can excuse your friends away, your health. You can excuse, and this is one, which is me probably. You can excuse your faith away. Or the revealed will of God away. Because of something somebody said. An offensive statement somewhere, maybe there was some today. Something somebody did. And those excuses will keep you from participating and being in that place of happiness. I'm going to call the worship team up. I want us to sing, I'm no longer a slave of fear. I just want us to, to finish with that. Because um, if you're going to fear something, what we should fear, we should fear missing out on who we can be and who we should be. We should fear missing out on what God and who God created us to be. If you step way back and you, and you take this message and the life of Jesus into account, if you're going to fear something, we should fear missing out on what we can do and what we should do. About our obedience to His revealed will. And if you're going to fear something, maybe you should fear living behind self-created, self-inflicted, lie-infested, unaccountability. Next week is our final week in the series. And I want to invite you to come back because next week we're going to focus specifically on how to conquer our fear. Because the Bible instructs us how to do it. So as we worship in the song, I, I want to ask all of you, just, just where you are, you can sing with them or you can just speak to God right now because He's listening. He's here He's, he's waiting to hear from you. He wants you to respond to this. 
You can speak to him right now and say, God, please speak to me about the excuses I've made. You know where he's called you. You know the steps that you're supposed to take in faith. You know there are certain things that you are not submitting to His revealed will. And you've made up your excuses. And this is the time to go, God, I want to repent from my own. I want to say IQ or my own thoughts, my own opinions. And I want to submit to your revealed will. So this is the personal time between you and Him. Thank you so much for joining us on the Life Church audio podcast. If this message spoke to you, go ahead and share it with your friends and family. And let's get the Word of God into the lives of more people out there. For more information about us, go to thisislifechurch.com. And remember that we can make a difference by loving people.